So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas my name is ben hartley and you are listening to the six figure photography podcast on this show we help you grow your business by winning more bookings maximizing your profits and breaking through limiting beliefs. If you would like to get early access months in advance to future episodes of the podcast, like this one right now, and get free coaching from me, head on over to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. That's benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Join 22,000 other photographers in that community. Today, we got with us Danielle Hayden, and we're talking about something really exciting because I don't see it talked about too much in this industry. We're going to talk about planning early to grow a sellable photography business. What would that look like? To actually build a photography business that you, you could choose to access from or not. Maybe something that you could actually sell down the road. We're going to talk about it. Danielle's got the goods. She's out in Cleveland. She's a reformed corporate CFO. That's chief financial officer to you. <laughs> She's on a mission to help rule-breaking female entrepreneurs and guys like me understand their numbers so they can gain the confidence needed to create sustainable profits. She's spent over 10 years in the boardroom as a corporate finance officer. Danielle now, uh, it's her sweet spot. She's the co-founder of Kickstart Accounting, where she helps business owners with bookkeeping, financial advising, and education. She's also the author of Profit, the Profit Planning Book Series. I'm curious about that. Writing your own books, damn girl. And so uh, Danielle, Thanks. welcome to the show. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I'm always curious when I see like author in people's bios. I'm like, man, that's 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 uh that's kind of fun. So what what's the Profit Planner book series? Yeah. So working with hundreds of of entrepreneurs, we found that we were getting asked a lot of the same questions over and over again. Yeah. And um, I said, let's let's create a book, but not like nobody wants to go pick up an accounting book, right? Like yawn. <laughs> I don't want to put you to sleep. It's not supposed to, you know, yep. be your nighttime yep. book. Wanted to be something that was action steps, right? Um, I like action, I like taking action. I think momentum grows on momentum. So we created a planner where every day there is a step, an action step for business owners to be able to take. And at the end of the 13 weeks, the idea is that we want, we want you to be able to have a clear and confident vision of the numbers of your business mm. without the overwhelm. Yeah. 
It's awesome. I dig that. So it's like a, it's like a, it's like a daily planner that then pans out over. Like a planner. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. If you, if you get the hard book, it's actually like a nice hard book that you can carry around with you. It doesn't get damaged. Um, and there's a planner inside and note section where you can use it. Call it like a diary, like a business financial diary where you can take notes and do the exercise right there in the planner. Um, and then you have, there is an ebook version where you're like, I just want to, I want to do it in an Excel spreadsheet that you can just get the information there and, and then do the worksheets on your own, but it's a planner so that, you know, everything feels so overwhelming, right? Like business is hard. There's a lot to do entrepreneurship. There's a lot to do. And so I just wanted to take it like, let's do one thing today yeah. and then celebrate that we did that and celebrate the win and not have to worry about picking that back up again until tomorrow. Yeah, I dig that. Celebrating the wins, man, all day. Um, yeah. Danielle, I, uh, anytime I get a chance to talk to to uh, people like you, <laughs> I like to start with that. No, no, to just like, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're talking, you're on a creative podcast right now. And so many yeah. of us, not all of us, by the way, but many of us, like we were just out there like taking pictures, like doing what we love, like making things. And then someone was like, Hey, I'll give you some money for that. And then suddenly we find ourselves in a business, you know? So like, this oh my God, I mean, now I'm I running say. a business. Yeah. So that's what I mean. When I say people like you, just, it's a funny way of putting it, but just like, you know, someone who's actually your occupation, your passion is around making the numbers, um, uh, like digestible. And, and I've heard you kind of describe this as like, a, it, this is an exciting thing. This is an opportunity for growth in your business is when you actually kind of understand the numbers. Can you maybe, um, like I, I want to get inside your brain a little bit. Can you help me to understand yeah. like what is exciting around like really understanding your numbers? And then we're going to take this conversation. We'll get into the whole sellable kind of part of, of your business, but I want to understand you a little bit more. Yeah. So I realized a long time ago. So before I became an accountant, I was a hairdresser. So I get the creative piece Yeah. on a very deep level. So when I was working as a hairdresser, I, you know, they would up your commission if you hit so many numbers and then they would up the commission of the whole salon if we hit different numbers. And what I realized during that time was that numbers are a game Hmm. and how can we use the game to achieve higher success, right. And to do, do more. Um, and maybe that's to have a lifestyle business, to be able to work less. So let me do more in this time period so I can work less, whatever that might look like for you. So for me, the love started early and just that, how can I use these numbers so that I can dial in further to whatever my goals might be and use it to learn about what's working and what's not working, right? Like, I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. Like, let's just do more of what's working in our businesses and novel idea, stop doing the stuff that's not working, right? Yeah. Like you can take so much time and energy back by, by not doing the things that w- aren't working. But how do you know if it's just a gut check, right? Yeah. The numbers yeah. guide you. They tell you a story and they help you set the goals to where you want to go. And then you could just use the numbers to play the game. Yeah. It reminds me of like the whole smart goal thing. It's like they have to be measurable in order for a goal to be like valuable for you. It has to be measurable and and there's nothing more measurable than the numbers. You know, one of my favorite quotes is that like, um, uh, people lie 
And the number one thing or the, or the number one person um, that lies the most in your business is how you lie to yourself. It's like we, we like, yeah. like we lie to ourselves about like, hey, you know, like here's a good one. I just booked a $10,000 wedding. Well, I mean, technically gross, I guess. Yeah, it's like a 10K wedding. But like, oh, you know, how much of that are you keeping? What's the net? Like all this stuff. Like, But we love to lie to ourselves about these things. And we get excited and we go spend $10,000. Um, but numbers don't lie. Uh, right. That's the takeaway. It's like people lie. The number one person who lies is how we lie to ourselves, but numbers don't. And, and so they allow you to, to really create measurable um, points of decision for your business. And I think a lot of people run their businesses based on their gut, right? Yeah. I think I did, right? I think I booked this, this number of weddings. I think I have this many weddings coming up. I think I made a profit, right? Uh, I'm not... I'm not sure, but I think I did. My gut tells me I should invest in this opportunity, shiny object syndrome. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm not really making any of these decisions with numbers or doing a gut check. So to me, the numbers are a way of being able to, I'm not telling people to like, stop leading with your heart, right? Like I'm just saying, maybe let's just give the gut check, right? To, to whatever our, our passion is. Let's monitor the numbers so that we aren't wasting time, wasting energy. Um, and, and we're holding ourselves accountable, right? Yeah. Like you can say, I saw, I think I signed 20 clients. Well, did you, or didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. It's a number. And, and for <laughs> so. us photographers, I think the word is, I feel, you know, I feel pretty good about okay. this year. I feel like, yes. don't, go, don't get me wrong. We're also thinking over here as photographers, but we feel a whole lot more, yeah. <laughs> generally yeah. speaking. You know, for the longest time, I, I definitely ran my business on, on feelings and, you know, having employees like, well, I feel, you know, I feel, I love this guy. I feel really good. I want to like pay them more. Like I feel all these things and, and that's great. It's, it's wonderful to lead with your heart. I think it's a, I think it's a fantastic thing, but I think it does need to be checked against um, your cost of doing business, checked against. Uh, the numbers. So like, yeah, they lead with your heart, but like, let's check it against some hard facts here as well. Um, Mercy. So selling your, your business, uh, you know, this is one of the things that I think at the beginning of the show, I would mention before I press record on the podcast that like so many of us, we, uh, we have these really great, like um, I'll speak to myself or for myself rather, like I've got a great lifestyle business. I've got a great lifestyle business in that like I can book as many weddings as I would like to book in a year, depending on how much I want to dial up my income for that year. I could choose to, to take on more work or less work. Uh, it's all kind of under my name. Uh, it's like, yeah, I, it supports the lifestyle that I want. And it's very much like a personal brand type of a thing, you know? Um, and so like the idea of selling for most photographers, at least in like the B to C space, family photographers, wedding photographers, that type of a thing, it, it's typically not at the forefront of our minds. And it's actually usually not until later that we're like, oh, shoot, <laughs> about that. Actually, real quick, Danielle, just a, a brief story on that. When I first started off, I was entirely personal brand. I was Ben Hartley Photography, right? Uh, like J. Oh. Ben Hartley Photography. And then my wife and I, yeah. then she got involved. And then it was Ben and Les Photography. And then we started hiring other photographers. 
and they were not Ben, nor were they less. And, <laughs> Show up. Are you Ben? <laughs> yeah. And it was challenging to book them. And so we re like, we were like, oh shoot, we can't book these other photographers. So we changed our name again. And then that's when we became Style and Story. Style and Story Creative is the name of the photography studio now. But we had all these like things that we just weren't thinking down the road. And what I want to talk about today is maybe someone who's listening to this and like they're thinking about maybe a potentially selling the business down the road or at least keeping that on the table. What are some things that we should be aware of now, early on, um, be aware of these things so that way we can set ourselves up for success and not have to have those pains that I experienced uh, in the past. So let's maybe talk about that. Setting your yourself up, what would you say, like setting yourself up to be sellable? How would you position that statement? Yeah, I think it's being sellable. It, it's really planning for the long game. Um, yeah. and again, you don't have to be thinking, I want to sell my business tomorrow, next year in three years. It's that especially during this economy right now, unfortunately we're seeing more people than ever who have built businesses and due to a life circumstance, Will just walk away, right? Mm. They aren't set up to, to be sold. They've never thought about it. And so instead of being able to make income from all of their hard work, they're literally just walking away. And that might be, you know, sickness in the family, right? Your husband, your wife gets sick, your children get sick, your, your family, like, just think about like, just in our context of, of our most recent events where a light, a portion of your life changes and now it affects how you can run your business. So I just want to keep on saying that because a lot of people will say, ah, I don't need to listen to this episode, right? I'm never going to sell my business. I love what I do and I'm doing this forever, right? Yeah. But that's not always the case. Um, I love that you you talked to, you gave that story about, about your brand um, and how you had to rename and rebrand yourself. And I think that if we're talking about from day one, it is around getting set up correctly for long-term separation from your business, right? Um, how do you sell, separate yourself? You, know, you could be doing everything. You're wearing every single hat today, mm -hmm. but how do you long-term think about how you're going to separate yourself? Uh, you know, I own a, an accounting firm and we, when we started the business, everyone just kept on saying, call it your names. I'm like, no, we can't call it our names. So same thing. We knew from day one, we had to name our business and do the branding had nothing to do with us so that when, when the time came, we could start to bring on other team members and train them on our model, our philosophy, our brand, our values, the way we do things, but not necessarily me showing up for every appointment. So one of the counter arguments, if I, if I may, that I, I think that some people ask and and I think I have a thought on it and answer, but I'd love to hear your thoughts is, is like, well, I hear the counter argument of like, well, well, Danielle, what about like Ben and Jerry, like Ben and Jerry's ice cream, they pulled it off, right? Like, why couldn't I, have you heard that kind of a, a like an argument? And, and I'm just curious what your thoughts are on that. I've, I've actually never had somebody give me the comment of Ben and oh. Jerry. Are ben you familiar with the ice cream company, Ben and Jerry's ice cream? Yeah. <laughs> I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think like there uh, are like yeah. certain ones. Um, okay. But like, think about your like local attorney, you know, <laughs> Scott and Bob, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, for the most part, it doesn't work. Right. Because yeah. think about it. You, if you are the business, right. So if you're coming to Danielle's accounting shop, 
you're expecting to talk to Danielle, right? You're, you're not expecting to talk to the people that Danielle mentored who know how to do what she does in the way that we perfected. So, you know, your expect your expectations change by your branding. Yeah. Does that make sense? It totally does. I mean, I, I think what, to your point, it's like, we're talking about us as like a local service provider versus Ben and Jerry's, which is like a global commoditized product. <laughs> uh, and this is a <laughs> yes. big difference there. I, I think I, I hear a lot of like, um, uh, these objections or, you know, uh, whatever they are rebuttals, uh, that people will throw out and they're usually like, well, yeah, if you were selling ice cream to the world, like I, like there's like, you know, these, these, but, but my yeah, guess has been, I, yeah, probably and started also off. you're not selling ice cream, yeah, right? Exactly. You, like you're also not selling a, a product like that. Yeah. I think especially yeah. for service-based businesses, it's really important to think about long-term you can't do everything, right? Mm-hmm. So at some point, your growth is capped by number of hours and your abilities, right? Like you are, your skill level is going to cap you in the growth of your business. And so you need to be thinking about how can I bring on other people? Um, how, and, and whether that's to actually do the photography or the back end business operations, but who can I bring on and where that this will create a sellable business. Um, I'd like to pivot away from the branding um, and just talk about, um, have you heard the term SOPs? Standard Standard Operating Procedures. Operating Procedures. It's kind of like my love language. Like (laughs) maybe this is very accounting, right? Yeah, what's the other? There's Emeth and then there's, uh, uh, is it it Clockwork? Or is it Pumpkin Plan? What's the one that Mike... McCallowitz. Mike McCallowitz. He, he has a um, pumpkin, pumpkin plan. Clockwork. And then maybe it's clockwork. He, he has like, essentially it's like a new, almost like a new version of Michael Gerber's E-Myth. It's like an updated kind of the same concept yeah. of like these SOPs. Um, can, do you want to explain a little bit more about like this whole SOPs thing? Yeah. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stick with Mike McCallowitz. He's, yeah. he's, uh, um, I think he's, he's great. Uh, he's, uh, been a partner for a long time. Um, he, he uses the example of walking into McDonald's and asking the, you know, when you go to put in your order, hey, please talk to the owner. Like you're not going to be able to talk to the owner. They're likely not going to be there. And so he talks about how he does this exercise all over the world. Every McDonald's he goes into, I don't know why he's eating that much McDonald's. <laughs> I'll raise our judgment. Um, but that you're, you're not going to go into Starbucks, McDonald's. You're not going into these places and asking to speak to the owner. However, you are going to receive the same burger every time. It's going to taste similar. It is going to go through the same process. And so what they've done is perfected the standard operating procedures in which every person, no matter what McDonald's you go to, are going to fulfill your order on the, that standard operating procedures. Mm-hmm. Now, I know it's photography, so it's taking a step back and thinking, who, who am I, right? What do I do and how do I do it differently, right? Mm-hmm. So why is any bride and groom coming to hire me versus my neighbor, and really dialing that in to a process that is replicatable. 
And maybe it's that you really, you niche down, you niche down in who you serve, how you serve them, what you do, your entire deliverable from the front, the very beginning of a client relationship to the very end, what is replicatable over and over and over again. And really think about it as what is your brand? How are you doing things? How are you tracking it? That way you have that standard operating procedure um, that you can then train other people on, right? That's the big thing is how can you train other people? How can that become a model and that where you can mentor others to be able to do exactly what you do? Yeah. Yeah. It's a big, uh, it's a big step, um, to getting free. Listen, even if you're not planning on, uh, selling, it's such a big step towards like freeing up your time, uh, freeing up you working in your business all the time and allowing you to work on it. Highly recommend, uh, what Danielle is saying here. Even again, even if you're thinking, listen, I love what I'm doing. I want to do it forever. Um, to step in and to produce these. I, I want to share my screen real quick for the mastermind members who are watching the two books that, that speak to this. Uh, the one that Danielle mentioned here uh, from Michael Michalowicz is Clockwork, Design Your Business to Run Itself. You can pick that up on Amazon for like 20 bucks, something like that. Two bucks on Kindle all day. Oh, and he's even better on Audible. So yeah. if, if you like this stuff, um, uh, he, Mike is hilarious. So I've listened to both pumpkin plan and profit first on yeah. audible and he's hysterical. Love that. Okay. So clockwork, check it out on audible. And then the other one, this is a classic in regards to like SOPs is, uh, the Eve myth revisited. This is Michael Gerber. Uh, this is just like the kind of Bible on, uh, kind of getting out of your business, um, right here and creating like a turnkey solution, uh, for your company. So just wanted to give a, give a little reference yeah. there. Visually can you look this. up, can you look up one more for me? Please. Yeah. Um, um, built to sell built to sell. I like the sound of that built to sell. Okay, great. Let's take a look and see what we have. So, um, tell me about this one. So this, this transformed my business. And I talk a lot about this with our clients, John, uh, Marillo. Did I say that right? Yep. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so John walks you through an example. He had a marketing business and they were taking every job under the sun. Mm -hmm. So they were doing, you know, logos and websites and all these different market, different marketing jobs. And, and they were always, um, frustrated. Like, how do we, how do we deliver this? They didn't have any processes. And so his, his mentor, mentor talks to him about, niching down to doing only logos. Hmm. And so he hires people who can only do amazing logos. So it changes who he hires, how he trains them, and it creates a process around how they have their own process on how they do that. Um, he transformed the way I run my business. So I'll give you a personal example, if you don't mind. Please. Yeah. When we started the business, we, you know, we were taking on every single client. It didn't matter how big or small they were, what their industry was. We said, we'll take on every single client and we'll just figure it out. Good Lord, was I drowning, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so we, so we did this exercise. We created an SOP. So every single one of our clients uses our strategic framework that we created. And so every single client receives 
the same level of bookkeeping service. They get the same level of financial analysis. They get the same details. Not to say that we can't cater to their questions when they, when they have them and that we don't, you know, we, we're humans. We, we talk like human. We get on the phone with them and have real conversations and real relationships. However, it became a process that's replicatable. Um, and, and it doesn't have to have me, the CEO on every single one. And so I just encourage you as a business owner, if you're listening, that this doesn't have to be just to sell your business. This is also also a growth strategy Mm -hmm. because your hours will be capped somewhere and you will have to start to think about if you want to continue to grow who and how. Yeah. I love that. Well, I just bought it, built to sell. <laughs> I, just got, I just went ahead and I did the, I, I, I did the thing. Um, and to this point, um, so back to clockwork from Mike, uh, one of the things that I love in the book, again, even if you're not looking to sell, but you're looking for even like to remove yourself from having to put out every single fire, from removing yourself from having to like, like what happens when you go on vacation for a week? Does the business still run? Who's checking emails? Is there going to be growth that week? Are you going to be like, oh man, I got to get back to the office and like, I got to check my inbox while you're at work. Mike kind of leads you through in uh, clockwork. He leads you through a whole process that like you, um, by the end of the book, you're actually like, you actually have to book a vacation for yourself. Like he like sets up all these things that you will be completely disconnected from your business and yet it'll still operate. And so he really kind of like guides your hand to get us off of the, it's almost like an addiction. It's like a fear based addiction to, uh, to our own businesses. And this so is it's a fear based addiction. Yeah. So a, a lot of our, our clients that come to us, will say, Hey, um, I, I feel like I need to do something. Um, you know, how can I help you get the bookkeeping done? I'm like, hmm. um, nothing. The idea was for you to do nothing. <laughs> you know, the bookkeeping is being done, right? Like you're supposed to go do other things and they're like, Oh, this feels odd. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, it's, it's good. Right. This is a good feeling. But the, I think that we're addicted to feeling busy and we're addicted to being all things for our business. So I definitely encourage everyone start, start to think about your processes um, and what, what you have in place. And this goes for everything in your business, not just your photography. This, this is also your back end, right? So who's doing your bookkeeping while you're taking pictures, Mm -hmm. who's doing your um, marketing, who is doing uh, your, you know, you mentioned your, your emails. So how do you, like, what do you have set up in place to, to keep those organized systems and your business running? Love that. So so far we've hit on in terms of like uh, the long-term kind of plan. Uh, if we are considering, you know, selling our business, um, if we're just having the backup of an exit, if we ever decide or something happens and, and we just stop, like, so the business doesn't just disappear, which by the way, I think most photographers, Today, if they decided to stop photographing whatever they're photographing, they're, the business would just stop existing, right? Like, I think that's yes. how most people kind of are right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, and so to, to, to avoid that, so far we've talked about uh, a bit around branding, you know, just getting intentional about your naming structure, your brand identity, and, and what that communicates. Um, we've talked now a bit about SOPs. Um, what's next? Yeah, so... I want to dig into the numbers. I know it's like the uncomfortable place for people. Yeah. Really clean records and bookkeeping are essentials to 
I think everything, right? To running a successful business, to determining and figuring out if you're profitable. And then in turn, being able to ever sell your business. When you go to sell your business, you'll go through a process called due diligence. And during this process, uh, there will be maybe an attorney, a financial banker, you know, depending on, 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 on who's selling the business or who's buying the business. Um, but there will be somebody who comes in and looks at your books and they're going to want to see, you know, you can tell them all day, right? Numbers don't lie. You can tell them all that. Yeah. I've been growing by 40% every year, year over year. And yeah, we're profitable, right? We're profitable before I even pay myself as a business owner. Yeah. They don't care. (laughs) They want to see that, right? They're going to want to see your financial statements. They're going to want to see your income statement and your balance sheet. And they're going to want to be able to track the growth. They're going to want to see accurate expense categories. So how are you classifying every expense within your business? Are you commingling business and personal? So if business and personal are being commingled, they're going to look at that as a red flag. We need our personal and our personal accounts and our business expenses and our business uh, business accounts so that we have really clean books to be able to hand over and say, here is how profitable I am. And I have the records to be able to support that. Now, mind you, you still need this for the IRS. So even just as the business owner, if you never sell, you still need it for the IRS. If you ever get audited, you need clean books. You need this to be able to um, make better business decisions about your business. So it's setting you up to be able to sell your business, but also serving all of those other, other functions in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned uh, the clean books thing and like the IRS, just like for filing taxes. I remember year one, I was like, ah, I got this. <laughs> Famous last <laughs> words, right? It's like, I can figure this out. Well, because uh, I was going to save a little bit of money, you know, like I'm not going to hire a bookkeeper and accountant. Oh. I'll run some things myself. Man, I tell you what. Uh, the amount of money that I had to pay of like extra time for my account that I eventually did get to fix all the things that I messed up the first year, I would have just saved money if I just would have done it right the first time. It's a good example of like, uh, uh, you know, either pay now or pay later. Um, but somewhere you're paying, um, you know, yeah, yeah I totally get that. Uh, go ahead. And the expertise of it, right? So bookkeeping is something that for some reason, as business owners, we think that we can do it ourselves and save a few bucks, right? Uh, or file a tax return on your own just because it's a, an option. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have the expertise to make sure that it's done accurately. So you end up with leaving money on the table, right? So maybe you're not capturing all your deductions because you're not doing it correctly. Um, maybe you're overpaying in your income. We had a client who Oh, it pained us, but she basically overpaid on her taxes the last three years because she was double counting all her income. Um, and, and, and she wasn't counting all our expenses. So she overpaid in her taxes in the last three years. So she was doing her own bookkeeping. She was really proud of herself that she just like, I have had QuickBooks online this whole time. I've been doing it myself. I'm, I'm doing good. Well, did you make sure you were paying on taxes yeah. and that it was done correctly? So I just, I say that because we want to make sure I want every business owner to have clean books that they can trust so that you know that they're on time, they're 
accurate. They're up to date. You can make business decisions with them. Um, those are the things that to, to really think about having in place, again, to be a successful business owner, just to know if you're profitable, if you should be on payroll, uh, making sure that you're, you're profitable by every, you know, um, every shoot that you're doing. And then later, right, long-term is selling my business. Yeah. Uh, is there, I, I know this will be a hard question to answer. Um, so we can kind of work our way through it a little bit. I just imagine okay. someone who's listening to this right now, maybe they're just starting off or, or maybe they're still kind of in the ramping up phase of the business and they got a little money coming in and, um, but maybe it's not a lot and they're trying to decide at what point to involve a bookkeeper at what point to bring in an accountant. Um, is, do you have any advice for that? Like, like when is, when is it too soon? When is it, you know, like when's an appropriate time to, to work with an accountant and or a bookkeeper? Yeah. So my, like these two words are awful, but it depends. (laughs) So, uh, I know, but here's what I'll say. No matter what, if you are just starting out, the number one thing I want you to do is separate your business and your personal, have a business Mm -hmm. checking account, business credit card, separate it from your personal and start using that business account for anything business related. That way, if you don't hire somebody from day one, when you do hire them in a year or two years, all those records are clean, right? So they can go back in time and, and pull in all those transactions for you so that you're not missing out on any, any, any income or expenses. So that's that foundation, like of getting them really separate so that you, you can, you can bring them back in at any time. Um, I used to say from day one, I would love for, for somebody to have the support, uh, because I think it's important for us to have a team to be able to ask questions to, I think it's important to know our status, but you know, if you're somebody who feels like you can get the information into, into QuickBooks, um, year one or, or you're slow and ramping up, you don't have a lot of income and expenses, then please, by all means, do not hire a bookkeeper that year one, right? Because if you don't have enough income and expenses to pay for it, then it's not worth it. I think the best time, you know, our ideal client, right? When we get to work with business owners, they are people who are wearing all the hats. They have established revenue. They established reoccurring expenses. And they are to a point where they're like, I can't do everything on my own anymore, right? Like I can't do this anymore. I need to get some of my time. I need to get some of my energy back. I'm in growth mode, right? I got business coming in, I'm growing. And so because I'm growing, I need to start taking things off my plate. And I think that is the most successful relationship that you can have is you're at a, t- at a time where you're so busy in the revenue generating activities and the, and the activities that make a difference in your business that you're willing to let go of your bookkeeping. You're willing to lean on other people. You're established enough to say, Hey, I need your expertise. What do you think? And really be able to take that advice. Love that. It's awesome. Um, maybe just a couple more questions here. Uh, at what point does it actually like make sense to sell? Like what I mean is you've probably got to have like a valuable enough business. And I know that's relative again, but like, is there some like sweet spot in terms of like a, a, like a financial sweet spot for the business to hit when it's kind of like, okay, if I wanted to sell, this would be a good time to do so. Yeah. 
So we find that our clients who have the most successful exits mm-hmm. um, are between one and 3 million. Um, and that's gross revenue. So you're bringing in sales of a million dollars. If you are lower than that, but you have solid year over year growth. So what, what, what business owners are, or what investors or other owners are investing in is your growth, right? So if you have really strong SOPs, right? The business isn't about you. It's about your brand. It's about your methodology and the culture you've created and you're growing year over year. You have a very sellable business, right? So maybe you're nowhere near a million, but you've got, you are separate from the business and where somebody can come in and buy it and still successfully run that business. If you're somebody who the entire business is you, you're on every shoot, every marketing piece of marketing material, nothing gets out the door without your check. Then even if you're hitting a million dollars, you're, you're going to be a barrier for somebody to come in and be able to buy that because the minute you leave clients leave, right? Like there's, there's not that, that reoccurring business. They're not coming back for more. Um, they're not telling their friends because you left, right? Like they're not going to tell their friends about your business because you're not in the business anymore. Right. So you want to create, um, a referral structure, a business where it can be separated from you so that somebody can be able to come in and purchase that. And so that million dollars is the revenue sweet spot. But if you have all those other pieces in place, um, if you've, if you've been thinking about it, if you've been thinking about, I'm tired, I don't, I don't want to do this anymore, or my life has changed and you have all those things in place. I think it's a good time to be able to, to start looking at that. It's awesome. Last question, maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, hey, you're my last call of the day, so keep them coming. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I'm thinking about it from like an evaluation standpoint, you know, now our conversation is going a little bit more like shark tank, right? It's like, this is what they ask. Or as I said, wait, what are the numbers? You know? And, and so yeah. like when it comes to actually trying to evaluate, like, well, what is my business worth? Let's say there's clear, you know, SOPs in place. The business, it can run without me being involved in every, uh, and on the day to day. And, and, um, and let's say, uh, hypothetically, let's say it's doing like 500,000 a year. Okay, let's just cut that million in half. Like, like where yeah. do we go for evaluation to try to begin to understand what on earth we might consider selling for? Obviously, it's only worth what someone's willing to pay, but like what we might consider wanting to get out of it. Yeah, there are, you know, I'm, I'm not the expertise expert there. Um, there are people who really hmm. um, dial in on this. So, um there are several websites. There's several firms. You want a brokerage for a firm who will um, assist you in this process. If you want just like a loose, um, how, like how much could I be worth today? There's there's plenty of, of different websites out there. Um, Biz Buy Sell um, is, a, is a great one where you can list your business. Hmm. Um, but basically you'll want a broker to be able to do the valuation on your business and then walk you through the process of, of selling your business. Okay. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, Danielle, this has been really fun. I've loved having this conversation with you. Uh, it's been really eye opening, just considering all the possibilities that exist. And I love even how, even if you're not going to sell, how all of these practices are just like, they're still just the best business practice. This is like how you create a sustainable, profitable company. Yeah 
that allows you to design the life that you want rather than constantly feeling stressed, blindsided, like a prisoner, like in your business, always worried about the next thing. And so um, I think this is just brilliant all around. Danielle, where can people find more from you online, learn more from you, get in touch with you about these type of things? Yeah. Um, profitplannerbookkeeping.com is our website. Uh, you can check out the the planners we mentioned at the top of the call. Um, you could book a call with our team where we can talk about your specific situation. So maybe you're a photographer who's thinking, I don't have any books in place. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm your whatever. I have nothing in place. Um, we could book a call and talk about your specific situation. Um, we'd love to be a resource. I love entrepreneurship and I want every a single entrepreneur to be able to make an impact in the economy. And we can only do that if we're running profitable businesses and we can only do that if we have accurate and on-time bookkeeping. So I want every business owner to have that in their business. Um, come find us at on Instagram at kickstart accounting. Uh, we are doing some really fun I'm not doing them, but my team is doing them. The reels. <laughs> hey, you too. You're on it's the real game. I'm totally on the yeah. real game. Oh, I got to follow you. Yeah. What's your, what is on Instagram? It's kickstart accounting. Kickstart accounting following now. Yeah. Uh, you won't see me. Actually, my marketing person did send me a message right before this call and said, we were thinking that you could do the Christmas reel. And I was like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> so check back. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. You just got that follow. Oh, so cool. Okay. All right, cool. So great. So kickstart accounting. Well, thank you. These, any, yeah. any other place to find you? Is that good? Yeah, that's good. I, I love hanging out on Instagram. Um, Danielle Hayden underscore OH. I post tons of pictures of me and my dogs, Lily, uh, golden retriever hiking all the trails through Ohio and doing all kinds of fun stuff. So I love that. That's awesome. Danielle, thank yeah. you so much oh, for being we have, on the show. We have Go a ahead. podcast too, Entrepreneur Money Stories. So if you're struggling with your money mindset, I keep on forgetting to mention that. I love that. podcast listener, Entrepreneur Money Stories, talk about all things money mindset. So fantastic. Yeah. Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur Money Stories. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Danielle Hayden, thank you for being here today. Podcast listeners. Thank you for listening today. Really appreciate you. Yeah, thank hope, you for listening. Yeah. I hope this gave you some ideas. I hope this opened up some, some areas where you can polish the business. You can get a little bit more refined. Even if you're not going to sell, where can we get a little bit more uh, clean with the books? Because where you can get a little bit more simplified, a little bit more clean there. There's profit to be gained. Uh, there's time to be had back. Definitely go check out those resources that we listed. Uh, the, the various books. Uh, highly recommend those. Listen, uh, thanks for being with me today. I can't wait to see you on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Until then, keep showing up. Bye, everybody.